Nick Casario shooting down those leaving rumors. Got to talk about that on today's episode. And are the Texans really willing to move on from the number two overall pick? I smell cap. Or do I? To tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sorry about missing out on Monday. However, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Texan and Rockets beat reported. Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis, and make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Texan podcast on the YouTube channel and also on your major podcasting platforms. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody that shouted me out over the weekend hmm. with the congrats and everything. <laughs> me being a pop now, Cody eventually is going to be Uncle Cody. So really appreciate it. And um, yeah, sincerely, from my heart to you guys' ears, man, thank you very much. Now, Y'all didn't come to hear all that Google Gaga baby talk. Y'all want to talk about Nick Casario. Y'all want to talk about what he had to say and how he defended himself from the rumors that started to spiral out of control over the weekend. Cody, we got something for him. What you got for him? We got a clip of the of the press conference. We can get that played. And then, you know, before we take any questions, quite frankly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street, but uh, I'm not leaving. Um, there's never really been any substantive discussions of the sort. Uh, grateful and appreciative of the opportunity um, that my family and I have here in Houston. Um, we understood when we, when we arrived, when we got here, that there was a lot of work to be done. And I think when you look across the NFL landscape, there's work to be done in every organization. And think we've made some progress where we still have a lot of work in front of us. Um, certainly, it's been a joy to work with D'Amico um, in concert as we build uh, the team and continue to build the staff. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think this time of year, there's a lot of information um, and a lot of topics that are discussed. Um, some are more accurate than others, and I think it uh, transcends multiple landscapes. Um, but I can't, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything, but I feel like I have an obligation to, <laughs> to make that statement, uh, really try to stay ahead of it. I'm and really, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to talk about or to say or any question about it. Um, again, appreciative of the opportunity that we have here. Very grateful. Um, and my philosophy and goal is just try to do the best job that I can for the people in this organization, in this building, um, for the city. Um, and as long as ownership uh, approves of what we're trying to do, then you know certainly their support um, is welcomed. Um, so 
having said that, you know, we'll take some questions here um, and go from there. That was Nick Casario addressing the leaving rumors. And, Cody, I got to say, man, I love the Wolf of Wall Street joke. <laughs> I think everybody immediately got it. And if you've seen that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, you saw the passion behind the I'm not leaving speech, the mm. infamous I'm not leaving speech. And so for Nick Casario, he's not able to actually go out there and I'm not leaving. Like, you know, <laughs> he probably would want to in the moment. But I do love that. I also had a quick takeaway that he will be around as long as ownerships approve of some of the decisions. And so that goes back to, you know, when Levy Smith was fired. He is still, in my humble opinion, he's still on the short rope. And as long as he mm. is working well with others, and I think that is where the rumors started to come about. You hear about what they're going to do at number two, which we'll get into, and what D'Amico wants, maybe what he wants. And I think Casario still understands that because of his prior seasons as a general manager for the Texans, he doesn't have – he's not allotted the amount of time of mistakes anymore. So that was my takeaway from that. But overall, I love the fact that he came out and said, you know what, these rumors as of right now hmm. are false. These rumors as of today does not mean two weeks after the draft I'm leaving. That doesn't make any sense to me. I've, I've, we both said that, Cody. So good to hear Nick Casario stand up in front of the rumors, in front of the bullet, dodge the bullet, and explain his side of the story, and also go into some deep details in Nick Casario's way about other things. Well, first, let me just say this. Maybe Nick Casario and Laramie Tunsil, that might be their favorite movie. Because if you remember, about a month or so ago, when Laramie Tunsil announced that he signed his extension, he used that same clip from the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. So maybe that's just the, the, the Texans' favorite movie. But, John, you know, I 100% agree with you. Um, I like the fact that Nick Casario, before he took any questions from anybody, he came right out and said that he wasn't going anywhere. However, John, listeners and viewers, I'm taking that as, as him saying that I'm not going anywhere as of right now. And what I mean by that is, John, you just hit the nail on the coffin when you take a look at the short leash that he has now. And that's very telling because I remember when Nick Casario first got here. And he signed, what was it, like a six-year contract or seven-year contract. contract? Six year, yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, the last two years, his first two years being the general manager of the Houston Texans, it hasn't been pretty at all. And I, and I understand that he did not walk into a good situation. You already know the story that was surrounding this organization, so we don't need to have to – we don't have to revisit that. However, John, as you enter year three of – his tenure ever since he walked into the door off of 610 and Kirby, the only two things that I can honestly say Nick Casario has done right as the GM was the picks that he got back for Deshaun Watson, of course, especially Check. given that given everything that Deshaun had going on off the field, that kind of like per delayed all of this. And two, and most importantly, like I keep mentioning the draft 2021 and 2022, and I'm expecting him to have another solid draft class. Well, another good draft class this year. Go ahead. Does Laramie Tunsil count? I think. Yes. Laramie, Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil count. Out. So that's three. But other than that, you're looking at a general manager who has built a team that has won only seven games in two years. He's now on his third head coach. And the players that he brought in, you know, we have seen him favor guys like a 
Rex Burkhead over a Marlon Mack when we take a look at the production of both of those guys. Yes, we understand that Marlon Mack wasn't the player that he was at the early stage of his career. However, when you take a look at what this, how this run game was, when you take a look at the fact that this organization needed a number two running back, I would never understand why in the world did Nick Casario have in mind to keep Rex Burkhead on a 53-man roster for the entire season and let somebody like Marlon Mack go. Later on in the season, you did the exact same thing with, e, with Eno Benjamin. Uh, you take a look at the Johnson brothers. You was here like even – you take a look at the last game of the season. A lot of people talk about this. There was no reason for a guy like Brandon Cooks to be suiting up. There was no reason for a guy like um, Jordan Aikens to be suiting up. There was no reason for you to, to, to put your best guys out there and messing up the number one overall pick. And speaking of Brandon Cooks, of course, I think we all can agree that it was a big mistake on his part that he did not move on from Brandon Cooks at the trade deadline. You probably would have got something better back in return than what you already got. So I say all that just to say, look, Nick Casario and the Houston Texans, they are committed to each other as of right now. But if things go bad this season in one way or another, John, this is something that you and I talked about the day after Lovey Smith got fired. This guy is going to be the next guy walking out the door off of 16 and Kirby. Yeah, I, I would like to put it like this. Right now, I think the Houston Texans and general manager Nick Casario and uh, possibly D'Amico Ryans, who just got here, but they are in the marriage counselor stage. Of the, of <laughs> which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. Which is which can be looked at as a good thing, right? When you go through marriage counseling, you kind of want to put everything out on the table. You want to be open. You want to be honest. You want to say, "Hey, listen, these are some of the areas." that I think you are doing pretty good in, sweetheart, you know, in this case, you know, general manager. But at times, in his case, most of the times, there's been some bad areas that has been overshadowing the good things that Nick Casario has been doing. Now, I don't want to overshadow this offseason. I do believe that it was a great combination between D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario working on bringing in these free agencies. Uh, free agents, excuse me, during the free agent period. I think that this was a good free agent period for Houston. Free agency period period for Houston, excuse me. And this was the first season that Nick Casario actually had some money to spend, right? So hmm. there's so many different factors that we have to look at. But the fact of the matter is we saw the demeanor change. We're hearing some of the small things as long as ownership approves. Hmm. A few months ago, if I'm not the right guy, like there is an understanding that because of the role that you played, when we didn't have anybody else, we're going to allow you some more time. But that time could be cut short soon, very soon, if you are not succeeding in your role. Cody, you were there at the press conference. What was the overall feeling and mood Um in the building clarity because now everyone has gotten a sense that nick Asirio isn't leaving um especially two weeks after the draft that never made sense to any of us because why would you help build a roster just to jet two weeks after the draft um a month after free agency so that never made sense but most importantly of course this was nick Asirio's pre-draft press conference john listeners and viewers when I tell you that Nick Casario, D'Amico Rice, and everybody else that's in that war room as of right now, they are weighing every option 
possible <laughs> to make sure that they build a competitive and a better football team, especially one that can be better than a product that we saw over the last two seasons. That was the overall theme. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk a lot about the mobile app game here on the Locked on Texas podcast. If you've always thought about, mm, maybe I can be a good general manager. Maybe I can be better than Nick Casario. Or maybe I can be just as good in the first round as Rick Smith was, even better in the later rounds than Rick Smith was. Then you got to give this game a try and opportunity because let me tell you something right now. Being a general manager and creating a dynasty is not as easy as some of y'all may think. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. Listen, you hire the right coaches and coordinators. You go out there and you manage all of the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. You navigate your franchise through the free agency, draft injuries, player personnel issues, and all of the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go when you want to. As you want to, our locked on Texan listeners, we got some for you. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise whenever you use promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Welcome back in. Locked on Texan listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. Of course, John Hickam, Cody Davis. Cody, the talk of the town really isn't Nick Casario addressing Hmm. him leaving. I mean, I I think that's a major talking point. I can't deny it, no doubt about it. But an idea that you, myself, and, and other people have, you know, in, in some of these spaces, not text, not Twitter spaces, but some of the media spaces have played around with and talked about maybe on and more, more so off camera. If Houston doesn't have the person that they really want at two, will they move on from it? And that was something that came out of Nick Serio's mouth today. Like there's a possibility we can move on from the number two overall pick. And that just brings me back before, because I believe we have another clip as well to play. That brings me back, ladies and gentlemen, to the flexibility and optionality. Now, Cody, while you were in the building, <laughs> did you get a either a sense or were you informed of any decision that the Houston Texans could make at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, options are still open. And if they don't select a quarterback at two, put it like this, they will definitely leave the 2023 draft with a quarterback, but not just any old quarterback, a quarterback that can potentially how can I put this? I'm going to help you out, guys. Be promising in the near future. I, I want to say this <laughs> because 
there's only so much that can be, you know, said in terms of what you heard while you're in the building. But I do want to say that age can just be a number. And I would also say that how the game of football is, you know, much less violent than it's been in the past. Hmm. That does allow for players to have more of a sense of longevity, uh, especially at the quarterback position. So I want to put that out there because maybe if Houston doesn't go with quarterback at two and they trade back, could get very interesting come next Thursday. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Brandon, we've we've received some calls actually on the number two pick. So I think our job and responsibility is to listen, um, you know, not rule anything out. Um, and I think whatever the end result is um, come Thursday, you know, we'll be prepared to go um, either way. So. If you want to quote me, are we open for business? I'd say we're open to listening. So if you want to change the vocabulary this year a little bit, but uh, we have received a few calls. Um, and again, I think our responsibility is to listen, um, to try to take the information in and then just make the right decision. One of the more honest responses and clear to the point responses from Nick Casario, you know, normally what we like to call here in Houston in the Houston media, a bunch of words, salad. <laughs> but that was, and I believe that was Brandon K. Scott's question, right? Yeah, yes, okay. Sir. So that was, that was our boy's question. And I like that question because that was an opportunity for Nick Casario to be candid. I thought that of all of the interviews that Nick Casario has hosted, meetings and press conferences since he's arrived, he's had very little candid moments. And I thought that was one of them in terms of being a general manager. So they are listening, they are receiving calls. Houston next Thursday could possibly pick it too, or I, I don't know, man. Like I'm gonna give it over <laughs> to you, Cody. But if you trade number two, who jumps up? Who nabs the you know the quarterback? Because I believe whoever would trade up will be looking for their quarterback. But then at three, do you risk Arizona getting the guy that you really like and Will Anderson? Like th there's a lot there that I think just wouldn't. I don't know. If you're big on one guy and he's gone, but you have another guy on your draft board that you're really big on, I don't see the Houston Texans risking two guys, two Bama guys that they really like. <laughs> I, I really would love to see that that deal that they would get back for that. I don't see it either, John. Um, but the one thing that I did take away from this is, first and foremost, and I think this is most important when you start looking at how or whether or not Nick Casario is going to start willing and dealing these draft picks. Um, the Houston Texans have four picks in the top 100, plain and simple. And every single one of those picks, of course, are valuable. So I don't see the Texans trading the number two overall pick because it's too much at risk, like you mentioned, because not only are you putting yourself in jeopardy to lose out on Will Anderson, but the the other teams that I'm looking at that can possibly trade up to that number two overall pick, and we talked about this a couple of days ago, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, and the Detroit Lions, um, they could possibly trade up and go, go up there and get CJ. Two of those three teams that I just mentioned are in your division, so I highly doubt that Nick Casario and the Texans will make that trade. And then with the Detroit Lions, as of right now, and of course, I'm not in Detroit, don't have any sources or anything like that, but from what I'm hearing around the league, especially from our 
our guy over at Locked On Lions. Um, you know, they're not really too big on getting a quarterback at least this year. Jared Goff has went there and, and it helped bring some relevancy back to that organization. However, John, when I take a look at pick number 12, when I take take a look at number 33, 65 and 73, of course, 65 and 73 are two picks in the third round. I definitely will consider those picks a possibility for Nick Casario and the Houston Texans to trade. Um, he even talked about that early on in his press conference. He mentioned that they are definitely still weighing all of their options and they're not going to rule, rule out moving any one of these picks. 12 is, <laughs> is the pick that I can see Houston trading, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that – and I think 12 can be a pick that they could use and leverage that with a pick that they have next year to trade back into the top 10 to go mm-hmm. get somebody, or they see more value in getting more picks back you know, some of that Patriot way, way of thinking. But you got some guys at that edge position that you may, you know, really like and come in Houston and possibly start day one. And you also look at the wide receiver position. As much as I love Jackson Smith in um, uh, Jigma, they may like Zay Flowers. They may like Quentin Williams. Quentin, sorry, not Quentin Williams. Quentin Johnson out of TCU who's had a top 30 visit with him, right? So they may mm-hmm. like some of these guys and – I think with a week left, we got to stop a lot of the speculation that we want and look at what the Houston Texans have been doing. And trading out of 12 makes sense for this team. I mean, not that it makes sense, makes sense, but you can see it happening in the foreseeable future, which is next Thursday. I like what you just said. We need to stop looking at the Houston Texans on what we want them to do and look at what they need. Look at the track record. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up because, of course, John, Everybody and Nick Casario isn't blind to this because he probably answered about 16, 17 questions, I want to say. And out of those 16, 17 questions, at least eight of them had everything to do with the quarterback position. Right. There's if actually anything, one before I don't want to you know mean to cut you off, but there's one that is it possible you guys can come out of this draft without a quarterback? His response to that question, Nick Casario, was anything is possible. I think what's possible, and I, yeah, right. I think what's possible, <laughs> and what the hope is that we can come out of this draft with good football players. We think can help our football team. That's what we're focused on doing. Like he gives you a candid, real moment, and then he says stuff like that. But quarterback <laughs> position is going to keep coming up for this team, and, and and it's supposed to because I had an opportunity to ask him. What are you guys are going to do if you don't dra- draft the quarterback? Are you going to stick with Davis Mills or are you going to explore the free agency a little bit more? Are you going to trade for a quarterback? <laughs> Hopefully Lamar Jackson, but I think that ship has sailed. But here's what Nick Casario had to say. Huh. I mean, anything's possible. I think it's what's possible and what the hope is, is that we can come out of this draft with good football players that we think can help our football team. Yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're focused on doing. Hey, Nick, Other. Similar to that question, if you guys do pass up an opportunity to draft a quarterback, what would be the plan moving forward? Would it be to stick with Davis Mills or would it be to address it rather trade off agency? Yeah, I think we've been consistent and take it one day at a time. We'll look at our options and what those entail. We won't eliminate anything and just try to make good decisions. So, I mean, that's really the decision-making, you know, matrix and process that we're going to go through, that we go through today, we're going to go through tomorrow, that we'll go through next Thursday, that we'll go through Friday, that we'll go through in the spring. 
in May, June, when we go to September, and then, you know, we'll be ready to play whatever day we're going to play, whoever we're going to play the opening game. The Houston Texans do not draft a quarterback at number two, and of course that means they're going to pass on the opportunity to draft C.J. Um, John, we opened up this segment talking about, you know, the possibility of the Texans still coming away with a quarterback. I do believe if they don't draft C.J. with number two, Pick number thirty-three will go to a quarterback. I can see that, and you know we not we let's not even beat around the bush. If Hendon Hooker is Hendon Hooker, excuse me, out of Tennessee, was coming off of an ACL injury, twenty-five years old. I think yeah. he'll be twenty-six when the season starts. If he's still available at thirty-three, and we are hearing a lot of talk around the league, not necessarily Cody and myself, but you know you can tune in on, on ESPNs and NFL networks to Twitter. Hendon Hook is a quarterback prospect that a lot of teams like late. Yeah. And some guys may, you know, this hovering in the top 30 or 45, may look at trading up to go get that kind of guy. Like a guy that you know that can sit, you have a vet already, you know, who can start this year. And Hendon Hook is a player that played in that vert offense for the volunteers and, you know, very QB friendly offense. And so, if it's if it's hinting at 33. But you gotta still get Will Anderson at two because the thought that people are looking at Hinder Hooker is that if of course if you miss out on Bryson CJ, Hinder Hooker is a guy, if he was healthy, they will be considering him as the third best quarterback in this draft class. Yeah, not I, Will Levis, not Anthony Richardson. Yeah. The only reason why those two guys pass. I think AR would, would still have that hype. Will mm-hmm. Levis for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he but but you know you're looking at a situation to where maybe two three years down the line the Houston Texans are looking at this to say well you know what we already know Will Anderson as long as he stay healthy he got that hunger he got that drive he got the talent um he could be something special in this league that could be your foundational piece on the defensive side of the ball and when you take a look at Hendon Hooker you know once again you're talking about a guy, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, over 3,000 yards. That can possibly be your franchise quarterback moving forward. If not franchise, of course, quality starter that can honestly help jumpstart this offense. If not this season, for sure, next season, once he's 100% healthy. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Once again, thank you guys for subscribing to the Locked On Texan podcast. I do want to say this. I said it once. I'll say it again. If the Texans go Will Anderson at two, if they can use and, and use and leverage that number 12th overall pick to trade back up, and you understand this, you, you are getting rid of that first-round pick for next year. One of them, you have two, thanks to Cleveland. And if C.J. Stroud is off the board, then I think you swing for the fences on a ceiling guy, a high-ceiling guy. And that'll be Anthony Richardson, and I believe ah. that, uh, and I believe that uh, Nick Casario was asked about the success the San Francisco 49ers were able to have with mm-hmm. the type of quarterbacks that they've had, and I believe his response was something on, along the lines of, you know, we take it away and look at things that are successful. So having him and Anthony Richardson and, and putting him in, a, in, a, in an offense that's favorable to him, but. He can get out on the edge, use his legs, and make some of these throws that's easy for him. You know, you got to swing for the fences if you don't go with the, the best two quarterbacks. And you won't get one of them. So if you can't get the, if you don't go the other one, then try to swing for the fences. 
I, I get what you're saying. And, and I agree because, like I mentioned, in my opinion, I think Hooker would be the third best quarterback if he was healthy. However, that's the whole thing. If he was healthy, when I take a look at the success that Nick Asirio needs now, when right. I take a look at the success that the Houston Texans need now, John, this goes back to something that you just said. We need to stop looking at the Houston Texans on what we want them to do and focus on what they need to do. And what they we probably if, their track record shows they will do, which exactly. And I just keep thinking, you know, there is no possible way, no disrespect to Davis Mills. I still think he could be a pretty solid, decent quarterback in this league, but there is no possible way that this franchise can afford. <laughs> There's no possible way this franchise can't afford to have Davis Mills keep this starting job for another season. Even if you do go out and get Hooker and, you know, next year he red shirt or whatever the case might be. They just can't afford it, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll see how the Texans do it, man. Uh, Bryce Young cancels his top 30 visits. Mm. With everybody else, he has only met with the Texans and Panthers. And that makes sense because he ain't going to lower than two. Right. Oh man. Um, you know, I'll say this. Frank Wright, man, the Panthers could still be playing chess and not checkers. I John, I understand that this is locked on Texans. But last year for the Rockets, I cover a draft where the Orlando Magic had everybody believing that they was taking Jabari Smith. And it wasn't until the day of the draft where they say, you know what? We're taking Paolo. Look how that turned out. So that's all I'm saying. I keep thinking maybe, just maybe, that can still be a possibility. We had Sheena Quick on a couple days ago, and according to her, the Panthers are still weighing their options. So it's still a slight chance that Bryce Young can fall to two. I think if, if, if Bryce Young goes one, I think that's when we're going to see the floodgates open about the possibilities of what the Houston Texans yeah. do. But yeah. if if Carolina say with the number one overall pick and they say CJ, you definitely know without a shadow of a doubt, Bryce is definitely coming. Yeah, they go. Listen, they go. <laughs> they go four, four, four. No, let me. See. If Carolina drafts CJ Stroud, they may run a four flat forty to run, <laughs> run their ass down with that paper. Oh man. Before anybody say, hold on, there's been a mistake like Moonlight when they won, you know, and they was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> we got the paper right here. Um, guys, continue to check us out throughout the week, right? We're going to continuously talk about what the Houston Texans should do. We're going to eventually get back to our mock draft. Just been so much. We're going to yeah, give you guys a, a locked on Texans extra whenever we put that out just to finish up the rounds. Um. I'm just curious to see what they do, man. And, like, what I want people to, to understand before we close out, whatever decision is made, this is year one in D'Amico Ryan's tenure. And he won't be a one-and-done coach. D'Amico Ryan's, I believe, will at the very least see four years of this contract. Four? At the very least, he will see four years of this contract. And during that four-year stretch, you got two first-rounders this year. Right now, you still have two for next year. Got some good draft capital. Next year, you're going to have a whole hell of a lot of more money. Got a your bunch of your, your best players are on rookie contracts right now. So you're not going to see a real massive for your homegrown players contract outside of what Larry Tunsil just got. We'll see what Titus Howard gets. 
And I'm curious to see where Houston prioritizes that. That's something we talked about a long I think back in January. Mm-hmm. Where does D'Amico Ryans prioritize Titus Howard, the new head coach, and now is D'Amico Ryans. And so I think he'll see at least four of those years, man. And in year year one is right now. You still have the stench of what happened before you. I mean, Lovey Smith could have set you up right, but he said, you know, and got up out of here. <laughs> but by year three, that is where I think realistic expectations from around the league really start to cook and set in. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Also, take those same thumbs, scroll over to YouTube, and give us a YouTube uh, subscription as well. Also, like and comment on the YouTube page while you're at it. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I, I guess, underscore 24. Really quick, fun story. Walk into the press conference room, bumped into Christian Harris, chopped it up with him a little bit. Asked Christian Harris, how's offseason going? Are you ready for season two? He said, most definitely, man. We ready to get started. Just wanted to throw that out there just to show that there's a lot of excitement in the building with the players because I had those moments with players the last two seasons, more so last year, not so much when Cully was here, only because that was the whole Kobe year and the excitement Really wasn't there like that. But, of course, like I mentioned, Chrissy Harris, he is ready to get started, man. So, But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.